the Latinos Out Loud podcast. This is very exciting. This is so exciting because we are about to speak to Annie Gonzalez, who is one of the stars of the Flamin' Hot movie, Flamin' Hot, which is the story of the Flamin' Hot Cheeto, founded, created by Ricardo Montañez. So we're going to learn all about the film. We're going to hear from Annie, who's a friend of mine. Okay, I am so excited to chat with her. I saw her in Napa a few weeks ago. At the Latino Hive. And her energy, her light, her aura, her talent shines through her words, her presence. And I'm just so darn excited to talk to her. Eloeleros, Flamin' Hot is the inspiring true story of Richard Montañez, played by Jesse Garcia, who as a Frito-Lay janitor disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican-American heritage to turn Flamin' Hot Cheetos from a snack into an iconic global pop culture phenomenon. Y'all know about the chips, the Cheetos, they're everywhere, and now there's like a flaming hot movement going on. And I'm not just talking about this podcast. I'm talking about flaming hot Cheetos. The film is directed by Eva Longoria, who's making her directorial feature debut, which is so exciting as well. We love her. And it's uh, the screenplay is by Louis Colic and former guest of Latinos Out Loud, Linda Yvette Chavez. So yeah, it, the film stars very many amazing talents. Tony Shalhoub, we know him. Uh, Matt Walsh. Pepe Selna. So the film stars very many stars. Hi, Juan. Dímelo. We're about to talk to Annie Gonzalez from the movie Flamin' Hot. And I just can't wait to ask her questions. And here she goes. Hi, this is Rachel Aloca from the Latinos Out Loud podcast, and I'm so excited to be here with my homegirl, Annie Gonzalez. What is good, mamita? How are you? I am so good, but I'm better now that I'm seeing you. I have been seeing you in my thoughts and in my heart ever since Napa. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations, Annie. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. So you've been doing this all day. How are you feeling? You okay? Yes. I'm doing good. We started at 10 a.m. with the interviews. Makeup was way earlier than that. But I'm I'm feeling so grateful, man. I get to do what I love. And with beautiful, I've met, I've seen so many friends on the other side of this um, screen, which has been like a joy. It is a joy. It's a joy for us as well, because I speak on behalf of all the media outlets that support, you know, Latinx film and TV. And we love to see our people level up, level up. Level up, level up, level up. You are leveling up, girlfriend. And I just, it's just such an honor to watch this. I cannot wait to for the for the world to watch this film. So let's get right into this. Give it you to play. <laughs> Y'all have to know, Eloeleros, Annie and I, we bugged out in California. We had a great time a few weeks ago. And so now this switch to like professional Annie and Rachel conversation is going to be a little difficult because we're two locas on the mic right now. Okay. Oh, 
That's what I'm saying. Okay, so I want to just start off by saying, uh, working with Eva Longoria, this is her directorial feature debut, which is so exciting as well. And I want to say a quote uh, that I read of hers about Richard Montañez's story. She said that the story resonated with her because his story is her story. Being underestimated, having the discipline and desire to be more. And what I'd like to know from you, Annie, is Richard's story also your story? And if so, how? 1000% Richard's story is my story. You know, I've been doing this, I've been in this industry for over 20 plus years. And, you know, the loop. And they say, you know what I'm saying? Bow down, bitches. No, (laughs) they say it takes 10 years to make an overnight success, but when you're brown, it takes a little longer. But, you know, that's, we're not, we're not, um, adverse to the hard work. So I'm here. I'm ready. I'm excited. I'm grateful. And, and um, I'm ready for my shot for my bite at the apple, you know? This is it. Talking about you taking bites. I heard, I read that you took a bite of a flaming Hot Cheeto when you were six years old. Yep. Your tia gave you a flaming Hot Cheeto. And yep. she was like, oh, you can't handle it. Tell us that story and how you connected with that part of your childhood in working on this film. It's so funny. Like, I didn't even realize, like that that was such a pivotal moment for me until someone asked me as I'm, you know, as I'm shooting this movie, like, when's your first, did you remember? And I'm like, actually, yeah. My tia was doing it kind of like as a prank, like, try it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> and me, like, you know, I'm, I'm always like, I'm not scared. Like, I'll do it, you know? And so I took a And since then, you know, it's been a part of my culture, essentially. It's bigger than than a chip itself, you know? It's, it's, it's a hood snack, you know what I'm saying? We claim that. Exactly. Yo, I love it. In New York, we got them hood snacks. I was just beefing last night about how a chopped cheese was $17.95 at the diner. Okay. But you go to the bodega, chopped cheese is what, for $5? You know yeah. what I'm saying? With all the fixings, $6. I look, we can talk about hood snacks all day. We can Great. talk about anything all day. I love you, girl. I want to hear, oh, I love you so much. I'm just so happy for you. Okay. Stop being such a friend and be Rachel La Loca. Okay. No, because go. Rachel La Loca is a friend. You're a friend that everybody resonates with. So you're doing a exactly your job mamita this is it oh, i love hearing that because oh don't make me cry this is about you okay um i just i feel that though i feel that because everybody who i talk to on latinos out loud this this show is about moving latinos forward so yeah. when i talk to someone else on the other end of zoom or this mic or face to face that's also moving this community forward yes you're a friend and yes i'm your friend but i happen to be your friend for real okay here we yeah. go i would love to hear about this audition process you know working Linda Yvette Chavez, former guest of the Latinos Out Loud podcast, okay, as co-writer on this film. Like, tell us all about that process, how they found you. Man, you know, I auditioned like a bunch of us did, you know, when we when we get stuff like this. And I remember when I read um, the breakdown and when I read this script, I was like, there is no one else that can play this role and I shall be taking it. Thank you very much. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, it's I'm really mine. Good, it, period. It's mine. And, you know, and look, I'm a firm believer on what's for you is for you. And I don't think that everything is mine. I'm not that kind of girl. I'm not greedy. I want I just want what is mine. And, and there's, yeah. you know, there's there's very few projects that you feel like resonates with your soul because there's also very few projects that are out there that have stories like this for women like us, you know? And the response that I've been getting is everybody says that they're seeing their tia, they're seeing their mom, they're seeing their sister, they're seeing their abuela. Like for me, that's that's what drew me to the project. So I, I knew 
what was at stake here. And I just was like, I'm going to show up and do everything in my power. So I don't feel like I squandered this opportunity to even try and get the job. And when I did, of course, I didn't let that, I didn't, I didn't get comfortable. I put pedal to the metal and I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Full throttle, maximum okay. speed, Latina power. Okay. Oh, uh, this is exciting. So tell me while shooting, what was your favorite scene? Oh my God. You've seen the movie already, right? Yes. Oh my God. Okay. So my favorite scene, um, I mean, Shesh, how do you pick? There's so many. I, I love all the voiceover stuff um, with all of the, like the CEO and where they're pretending to be like Cholas and, and Cholitos and stuff. I think that's such a funny scene. I love, honestly, the whole film because it's such a complex film, the way that it was curated and shot and portrayed because there's humor, there's heartfelt moments, there's there's a certain moments of tragedy, there's there's all of it. And it's so beautifully colored, just like our culture, you know? Ooh, I love that. What a parallel. Well, I think it was really endearing to hear that during the scene where you were handing out the bags of Cheetos, that that's when uh, the Montañez couple, Judy and Richard, rolled up on set. Oh, man, what was that like portraying this woman's life who I know you met? I'd love to hear about that connection. But she's seeing her life all over again, as well as her man's through y'all. That's an incredible responsibility. Oh, my God. An immense responsibility that I did not take lightly. I, 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 you know, I, it, it was so fun. And I feel like with a project like that, or just any project that I choose to partake in is always a very spiritual experience for me. It's, it, it I feel like it, it changes me. It's art, you know, but to portray someone who is still alive and has lived such a beautiful life, you really, in every project you do, you want to put your ego to the side, but really like this, playing someone who's lived, you got to put your ego to the side and try and serve the work and, and serve the person and really authenticate it as best as possible. Wow. I, you know, that you draw these really good parallels, girl, because this film also, I just want to say this out loud to the LOLeros who, whom are our hive. Okay. Beyonce has her beehive. We have our LOLeros. Um, and I just want to say that this is more than a film. I'm sorry. This is a film more than just about flaming hot Cheetos, right? This is about the underrepresented. This is about the hustle. You know what I'm saying? My man working his way up from janitor to Frito-Lay executive with a dream, right? And this is also about something that I want to talk about too, is that we are still underrepresented, okay? There are still Fortune 500 companies that don't really see us. Mm -hmm. So this is not only a film to entertain us. I feel this is a film to educate los demás, mm -hmm. ellos, ellas. Yes. What about that responsibility did you feel in your day-to-day -day work when shooting this for two months? I feel like I couldn't put that on my back while doing it because then that would take all the fun out of it and that would take all the fun out of you watching it, right? Ah, I feel like I just had to show up and embody it and, and do what I know because we know our people, you know what I mean? We know the Latinidad, like we we live it every day. You know, you've heard that term, like I got a nopal in frente. I don't think I could be more Latina than I already am, you know? So for me- <laughs> Maybe if you wore like three hoops, you know, hoop on hoop on hoop. You know, then... 17 necklaces, all the rings, like, you know- I got two. two. <laughs> Go ahead, girl. <laughs> no, I think, I think I under, like I, so going into it, I was like, 
sick, a story about the Latinidad directed by a Latina, DP'd by a Latino. Every, depart every department head was Latine. Whoa, it's crazy. I just had to show up and be myself because our stories exist within the nuance. And that's what we have to do. It's, it was, there was such a shorthand. I didn't have to explain or it was just there every day. Did anything surprise you about the story? Cause you knew Flamin' Hot Cheetos. We kind of all heard the story. Like as someone who studied marketing in undergrad, you know, I also heard the story, but like, what's, did anything surprise you about the struggle or the story or, or some piece of it that you didn't know? That that Richard and Judy were like real life cholos and cholas back in the day, um, but it makes sense, right? That someone like that would come. I mean, we're we're all survivors. Like you know, in the movie, they talk about how like hood culture and cholo culture, like they're the best salesmen that you'd ever meet. They could sell condoms to an un. They could sell fish, you know, water to a fish. You know what I'm saying? And and I think that just makes so much sense when you look at it. I didn't know it, but it made sense to me when I heard the story. Yeah. Annie, your career is illustrious, hentified. You're on such an upward track. And it's so exciting to watch from afar and from close when I get to see you in person. But I would love for you to talk to a younger Annie with all the experience that you've gathered maneuvering this industry as a Latina, just coming off flame and hot with a flame and hot career. What are some words of advice that you have for a younger Annie who's out there right now trying to be this successful Latina in showbiz? Keep doing what you're doing, mama. The thing that makes you different is your superpower. Do not shy away from it. Keep studying. Keep becoming, keep being unapologetically yourself. Keep reminding yourself to be rooted in something bigger than you because there's a lot of energy that comes with this industry. There's a lot of eyes and it can feel like it's all of your responsibility and it's not. Your job is to create, your job is to be an artist. Your job is to do the work. It's not to receive the glory. That is, that is it comes and it goes and do not define yourself by your relevance. That will be your downfall. Do the work, you got this. Oh, I just got to let that simmer for a sec. Thank you, Annie. And thank you for talking to younger Annie and everybody else who's going to connect with that message. Thank you. Everyone out there, LOLeros, please support Annie Gonzalez. Please go see Flamin' Hot. Tell a friend, tell your cousin, your sister, the neighbor, everybody. June 9th, Disney Plus and Hulu. June 9th, Disney Plus and Hulu. Stream it, love it, like it, share it. You know, we did our job. If we want to see more representation, we need y'all to do what you're doing. You taking the time to come and interview us. Like, that. that's a part of it. Now we got to just press play. That's all you got to do. We did all the work. Now we just got to right. press play. We're setting it up, LOLeros. It's like volleyball. Whoop, whoop. Now somebody got to spike it. Who's going to spike shit. it? You know what I'm saying? I will spike the punch, but I cannot spike a ball. I'm 5'2", and I just can't. So I know. I disagree. You got this. I believe maybe in you. I know you believe in me, you know, but maybe you could, like, lift me up a little. We're too short. Listen, I'm 5 feet, too. We could lift each other. I'm going to put you on my shoulders, mama. Let's do this.
guess what? You already are. Oh, and I'm putting you right back on mine. I will always elevate. That's what's up. Well, can we talk personal? Let's oh. how you do. Let's check in. I like to mentally check in with everybody. We are on this hamster wheel, running, walk water, the the crap that the hamsters eat. I'm really not happy with that. You know, I'd rather a steak. But yeah. we're on this hamster wheel. And it's hard. It's hard to like stop and check in. So everybody out there listening to this podcast, Annie Gonzalez, how are you feeling? What are you feeling? Share some emotions with us around flaming hot and the work that you've been putting in, even post after production, after the film is already done, you're still working. Yeah. I asked for this. So whatever work that is coming my way, I'm I'm not going to complain, not, not one second of it. Even if it is a 14-hour press day, I am so grateful. There were, there were days that I prayed for this. Why would I complain? This comes with it. And it's a season. We have winter, we have summer, we have fall, we have spring. You can have a favorite season. Doesn't mean those other seasons don't exist. So I am here in this season and I am rejoicing. I've been doing this for 20 years. Tell them. And I get to do this now, like this, of this platform, of this caliber. Hell yeah, I'm having the best time of my life. And every moment, moment I start my, my bookends, the bookends of my day, start with God and end with God. So it's, a, it's very easy for me to implement it in every single moment and space of my life. I know that this is much bigger than me. So I don't take it for granted. Yeah, you talk about the seasons. Well, I hate to tell you, it's any season, people. Okay, y'all thought it was spring. Check it out, check it out. Okay, it's any season. It's right before, right before spring and summer. You know, so it's hot flaming hot like this movie thank you for your time Beja. this was so much fun i hope to see you real soon and everybody go check out flaming hot and annie where can they follow you on social you can follow me on annie g g o n z a l e z annie g gonzalez i gonzalez Beja. i gonzalez linda i'm just gonna start riffing here like okay that. that's that's my time. Uh, that's your time. That's our time. Thank you so much for it. And we love you, girl. Latinos Out Loud, LOLeros, Annie Gonzalez. This is, has been so great. Thank you to everybody at Flamin' Hot and to Stephen Hartline for arranging this. And we're going to have our boy, Ramon Pesante, with an exclusive Pesante picks as he sits down and talks to none other than Linda Yvette Chavez. The Jordans. We work. The Blackberry, and Facebook. Since the success of David Fincher's social network, Hollywood has a newfound obsession with products that shaped American culture and its humble beginnings. How did these become phenomenons? Searchlight's newest film to add to the genre is about a Latino man's rise to the top from the very bottom. Say hello to my little friend. No, I'm not talking about Scarface. We all write our own stories. Where is Richard? I'd like to speak to him. I'm here. This time. That's me, Mero Mero, Mr. Richard Montañez. I'm the guy who helped bring the world the most popular snack it's ever seen. Are you ready? I will. I've been ready. Flaming Hot, the story of Richard Montañez, a Mexican man who started as a janitor at the Frito-Lays factory and became the mastermind behind Flaming Hot Cheetos. I had the pleasure of speaking with one of the writers, Hentified's Linda Yves Chavez. We get into how this film came to life as well as Searchlight and Eva Longoria's decision to hand the keys over to Linda.
Hello, Eros. This is the part of the podcast where we talk to someone amazing, a returning guest to the show, Linda Yves Chavez. How are you, Linda? Oh, writer. Good. Writer you just of. You're being a Latino out loud. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again. You're just out here being a Latino who's out loud. I'm mad loud. I'm Puerto Rican from New York, so I'm, I'm like always out loud. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it only made sense that I was going to be, you know, uh, uh, one of the uh, the guest hosts of the podcast. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I just saw Flaming Hot today. I'm also a filmmaker, so we're going to be talking as filmmakers here, okay. uh, you know, so I'm, uh, because that's my brain works differently when people watch movies. And I just got to say, man, this film, I love a good success story from the perspective of a Latino, because I feel like those are very far and few in between in, in, in the entertainment industry. And I think that's really what like drove home to me. Uh, so, yeah, so tell me, how did this project uh, come to you? Yeah. So I had heard about Richard's story through like articles and things. And um, in the summer of 2019, when I was finishing my show, Hentified, the first season, um, I was in post. I had been putting off the surgery for a long time and finally got it scheduled about a week before um, my reps called me and they were like, Eva Longoria wants to meet with you for this movie. She wants you to pitch on the on the film, to write it. And I was like, huh? And I was like, well, I'm going to go get an organ taken out in a week. And they were like, yeah, they need, well, they want an ASAP. And so then I was like, well, I think I have to pass because like, there's no way that I'll be able to do this within like a month. And so I thought, okay, well, that's gone. And then they came back around and they were like, they're going to wait for you. Eva really wants you. They're going to wait. And I was like, me? Eva really wants me? And I was like, okay. Um, and then a month later, she sent me her deck for directing for the, for the film. And when I saw her deck, it was just so exciting. She had references to McKay, Scorsese. She wanted this film to be effervescent, comedic, heartwarming, uplifting, but in a very unique voice. Uh, she wanted Richard to be this like narrator that we fell in love with. And I just loved it. I loved her vision. And so when I came in to pitch on it, I brought my ideas and, you know, my special sauce to it. And I got it. And, you know, and she was rooting for me because she had read an adaptation of the book, I'm Not Your Perfect Mexican Daughter, that I had adapted. Mm -hmm. America to direct. I'm, I'm waiting for that film to come out. I am yeah, waiting for that film to come out. Yes. Um, and uh, she fell in love with that script and that, and she was like, the voice in this, I want that voice for my movie. And like, you know, she wanted her writer and she wanted me to be that writer. And it was like, obviously for me, really like, holy crap, me. Um, and then on the other side of it being like, okay, yeah, let me do this. I got it. I do have that, that, that special sauce that you're looking for. And I'm going to, I'm going to give that to you. And she and I had this beautiful collaboration working on the script and her telling me her vision, her ideas, and then letting me go do my thing with it and really protecting that sacred writing space for me. And, and it was incredible. So that's how I got brought into the project about almost four years ago, which is really nuts. Well, yeah. so uh, another thing, talk to me about your collaboration with Lewis uh, Colick, the co-writer, because I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Like this is the guy. So like if someone told me, Ramon, you're going to be writing with the guy that made like Vanilla Sky, uh, Bulletproof, you know, I'm not, not Vanilla Sky, I'm sorry, October Sky, <laughs> Bulletproof, uh, The Ghost of Mississippi, like I would be like, uh, excuse me, like these are a lot of movies that I've seen when I was working in video stores. So like, just tell me that collaboration process and what did he bring to the table? Because I know what you brought to the table. I could see what you brought to the table. What did he bring to the table? 
Well, you know, Lewis, you know, this is crazy. If people don't know this, but I have actually not met Lewis. Um, oh, okay. He, yeah, so he he wrote uh, the original foundational script that developed mm. Searchlight. Um, and that was the thing that, you know, Searchlight picked up. And then when Eva came in and she had a very specific vision for what she wanted the film to be, Got she it. brought me in to like, you know, work on, you know, my version and her version of the movie. And really my collaboration was with Eva the whole you time. You made it flaming hot. <laughs> I get yeah that's what that's what Eva would probably say Look, that's the test of it that's crazy that's crazy <laughs> so you know like she it was really like with Eva and um that was for me it and I totally respect Lewis and I was a huge fan of October Sky actually personally um but I'm also a huge fan of Eva's and so the experience of working with her was like next level it was like I was taught first of all I walked in and I was like oh my god you're like my prima you're like hella funny and loud and like you feel like home like it felt like I was home when in that first meeting and we had such a shorthand about the story because Richard's story is her story Richard's story is my story this yeah. this you know, coming from humble beginning she's from from Corpus Christi Texas I'm from Norwalk California here in LA like we both grew up, grew up from humble beginnings and then fought for this career that we each have. And so our connection to Richard was very, very deep for that reason. And so we both had this, this understanding that it was an important story that needed to be mm. told. So that work we did together was really a, a labor of love to tell Richard and Judy's story. And I think in particular for both of us being Latinas, we knew Judy needed to be, needed to have her spotlight. And so we really worked on digging that out. And I, you know, I did a lot of research and interviews with Judy and I wanted her to really shine. And, and it, it was even more exciting when I found out like Annie, who's like one of my best friends. Annie and Gonzalez. She was amazing in yeah, it. I loved her. Yeah, she needed a play. She reminded me of my wife. It's like, that's, 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 the, that's from the power. Annie. That's yeah. the power that my wife speaks to me. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, it's exactly that. What you're saying, so many people have come up to me saying the same thing, like, oh my God, this is like my partner in life is like that. That's, you know, she's my Judy or he, honestly, like we all have a Judy, whether it's a woman or a man in our lives, we have somebody, we all need that person who's going to hype us up and remind us that like, you got this, you are incredible, you are talented. And to be completely honest, like Annie and I, like Annie's like my Judy in like this career in this world. She's like probably one of the only people who understands the trajectory that I've been on. Not everyone can relate to what we've experienced, right? Coming from where we come from and rising in the way that we have. And so to have each other to talk to and be like, hey, how are you handling this? How are you dealing with that? How do you manage this business aspect? And that business aspect is a really just incredible thing to to be on this journey with her because you know she was in Hentified and now she's in my next big project which is flaming on is just like what the hell which like, was, yeah it was a good evolution to be together yeah it was a good evolution definitely she's your Bruce Campbell so she'll be in everything <laughs> like, you do we always you know say that she's my Leonardo DiCaprio and I'm her Scorsese one day because I want to direct someday so I mean that's bigger yes I, I was going to about it someday <laughs> Yeah, so um, I want to tell you first what lives rent free uh, in my head is uh, season one, episode three of Hentify, where um, uh, Chris does the rant at the restaurant when he's getting fired. And just for the record, my name is Christopher Ernesto Morales. I am from Boyle, fucking Heights. I am 100% Mexican. I quit. Done. Yeah. And Joseph, Joseph trying to maintain his composure the entire time. I just want yeah. you to know that that's something that I fantasize about doing all the time. 
<laughs> but but uh, I just thought that was like I'm just like wanted to drop that that was probably one of my favorite moments uh, uh in, in a Latino film like TV show ever is like and you took I love me that back moment. I was like oh that's right I remember that Carl Carlitos is like incredible in that right, like right. he made Chris's character just so awesome so it was just that I'm glad that you love that so I really want to like admire this 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 main idea that's been driving home because it's the central idea of this Latin, that Latinx evolution in entertainment because, and, 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 and you, you bring it home here, you know, it's a testament to how the Spanish market is greatly ignored, but not because of the numbers. It's because the decision makers don't care because it's not relatable to them. You know what I mean? And I think that's something that you know, uh, your lead character was experiencing, well, not with the main boss, with the mid-level boss, where he was just like, ah, you know, it, it's not relevant. We said, but wait a minute, the, the people like it. The people want it. And I think it's very relevant to the Latino audience right yeah. now. You know what I mean? And that how, you know, that we make up such a large portion of this country, but, you know, for some reason, we don't deserve to be considered mainstream. You know what I mean? And, and that's that's across music. Because you know how they play Black Bunny at the at the you know at the Grammys where they gave him best Latino urban album. But I'm like, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you telling me that Bad Bunny didn't win over Harry Styles? Wait, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's just like a testament to that. And that's what really yeah. drove home for me. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, like, what's something that you really feel that, you know, what's that controlling idea of the film that you really kept in your head as you were, like, formulating the script and collaborating with Eva? Yeah, I mean, like, when I first, you know, started to work with Eva, the first thing she said was, like, you have to meet Richard. You have to hear his story from him and from Judy. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So we drove all the way to the IE here in LA um, and Riverside County, actually. Um, the IE people are going to call me out. Uh, we drove all the way out to IE <laughs> and um, met with Richard and Judy. And of course, in true like Mexican-American fashion, the whole family was there, the, the grandkids, the brothers and sisters. Um, and they were all, they were telling us their story. And I think because it was a Latina director and a Latina writer, they really opened up in a way that was fresh and new and really led us into their lives in a different, in a way that I don't think they were used to sharing about their lives. And that meeting and hearing the obstacles and the challenges he came across that are very similar to the ones you just described. It's like, why don't we matter? Why aren't we considered American? Why aren't we enough or valuable or worthy? Like all of that came through in all of the stories he told me because this film only scratches the surface of what he experienced, you know, yeah. the, the obstacles, you know, this is- the I also, I, I wished it was longer, honestly. I wished For it real? was longer. I did it because I'm like, there's well, so many- It was longer. They had to cut it down because it was long. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it scratches the surface of like a, a large, a longer story for him. But but ultimately in that, in that conversation, I, I just felt like, oh my God, this man, this man is my dad. It's my, it's my brother. It's my cousins. Judy is my mom. Judy's my, my cousins and my sister. And when I left that meeting, I just felt, I was like, I, I will never forget driving home fully, fully electrified by what I had just experienced and knowing in my heart, like, 
well, okay, the story needs to be told and it needs to inspire the, the men in my community and the women that lift them up, which is what I did when I went home. I took this little post-it and I wrote down, this is for the men in my community and the women that lift them up. And I put that on my wall and I, and that was like my North Star as I was working and remembering like what this was all for. And ultimately what I wanted the film, and this is what Eva wanted too, was to see someone that looks like us succeeding against all odds you know it's mm-hmm. it's the american dream but i do think it's like a different version of the american dream it's kind of the american dream that so many of us experience as, as immigrants and children of immigrants where we have this idea of what it is and then we get into it and we realize it's not that easily given to us right like we right. it's not as easy as it sounds it's actually quite complex and sometimes flawed and how do we then accomplish or achieve that dream when when we know it's a little bit broken and oftentimes we turn to our family and our community right as Mm -hmm. latinos like latinx is we we even if our own families are broken and flawed we do turn to them and we do find solace and and uplifting in that and that's what richard did he said okay you aren't going to help me well then i'm going to make this dream work work in my way and i'm going to call in my familia my community and we're going to get this shit done and listen, that's that's how I do things. I know that that's how Eva does things. And then that's that's what we're asking for for this film too. It's like, we're gonna show that this is an American story. Like it's an American story. And you know what? Our community is gonna show up and they're gonna show you how we belong here. And we have these stories that need to be told because this is just one of many unsung heroes, right? So. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tell you another unsung hero uh, in your film. And that was Clarence Baker, uh, uh, the mentor. Yeah. Uh, the way that hit home for me is that uh, I worked at BET for like nine years and I worked in marketing. I was like a numbers guy. And yeah. I was as persistent as the lead actor in this film and as the character in this film. And I I, re- I reflect on what he was doing and how, you know, people told me to stay in my lane that, you know, and I did find that person, right, to 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 like show me, you know, what it was to be a, a producer. I was just numbers doing like, I was doing stuff that no one like wanted to do. And yeah. I just kept putting myself and lingering and working outside those regular hours. You know what I mean? And I was just like, this is what, that was what, that's the hustle. That's the hustle. That's going and speaking what you want and not taking no for an answer and not listening to people telling you to stay in your lane because, you know, it's moments like that. So many moments that like gravitated to me as a director right so I just thought that that was something that you nailed home for me and it was just so like amazing uh you you made the Latinx writers uh list in 2019 2020 well like like this is such an amazing uh just a story for you and where you know what I know you want to do this you want to make this feature film what what can we see next uh from you well, I mean, right now, obviously, we're all like taking a little bit of time, but um, right, I, right, I got you. Yeah, I have an overall deal over at twentieth, and um, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. It's been actually a year and a half since that, which is like really wild that it's been that long already. But I'm developing a lot of TV series, and I'm, and you know, I have this this film with America, I'm not your perfect Mexican daughter that we hope you know will be coming next. And then I would like you know, and following in Eva and America's footsteps, I'd love to direct a feature at some point and truly like you know working with Eva was like going to school I said this the other day I knew like I was working with someone who was a veteran who was like has been on sets for years and years and years 
and had something to teach me. And so I took that opportunity to learn and to really watch what, how she does things, right? Oh yeah, that's a great uh, mentor right there. Yeah, you know, me? being able to watch women who look like me, who've come up like me, like I I feel so blessed that I have had that opportunity to do all that. And and so, you know, I hope that, and she's actually the one, she will tell every Latina, like you need to direct. Like the first thing she told me when I met her, which was like, have you directed an episode of your show? Have you directed it? I was like, no, I don't know. And I was like very insecure. And she was like, stop it go direct and you know America the same thing like there it's always like this uplifting that is just so necessary for our communities especially those of us who have the talent to continue rising we need a hand up sometimes especially in this industry that's so difficult um so anyways all that to say I would love to direct a feature film I'm working on something right now and I hopefully will you know that will all come to fruition later down the line but there's I actually have too many things going on right now I'm not gonna lie it's yeah exactly you, you definitely need to like hone in you definitely need to hone in on that one thing because of course you got like all these things working in your head yeah. you know but sometimes it's good to cheat on your project and go to another project <laughs> yeah. and they come with fresh eyes I know that I know that line. well yeah look thank you so much for uh spending time to talk you know just to talk with me and jive with me for a little bit great story championing uh you know Latinx culture and 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 I'm finally I get to see just something positive and just seeing us in a positive light oh, and I that, think, you know that, amen to that out the, out the gate on this interview thank you so much I appreciate you oh,